And live from Hollywood and Recon Cinema Studios, it's Recon Cinemation with David Munchak and John Diner. Here we are, we're back. We're back for another episode coming straight to your faces. We're back, you're back, we're all back. Thanks for coming back. We're back to school. Oh, it's that time of year. <laughs> it is that time of year. And what that means for us here in Los Angeles, mm. I don't know, maybe maybe we've got some listeners that actually are going back to school, but really for the rest of us, it just means traffic. Yeah, all the all the school buses are going to be back on the road. The summer was so great, you can get across town in one hour instead of two hours, mm-hmm. and then pretty soon it's, uh, it's going to be right back at that two-hour log jam log jam log jam and across the city every day i text my wife log jam and the work again i don't have a wife but i'm texting who have i been texting (laughs) (laughs) who have you been texting who's this number (laughs) um Uh, anyway this is reconsideration thank you for coming back guys and and listening to the show we're taking a look at our some of our favorites and maybe not not favorites. Not so favorite. <laughs> not so favorite movies from our youth in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and how we remember them then versus how they hold up now. Yeah, it's an exploration uh, on the SS Reconcinimation, the high seas of cinema. <laughs> That's it. That's, That's where we reside. I, I keep trying to, I keep grasping for cool metaphors, <laughs> and uh, it's not working. It's working. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, as we're out there giving giving it our best, and all of you are listening, uh, we appreciate that, and we hope uh, we hope we can get a little feedback from you guys over on the, particularly the Apple uh, Podcasts, iTunes. If you can give us a, a nice little review, a couple extra stars our way uh, helps us get out to more listeners, gets us on the charts. Uh, a couple of nice words also very helpful, but. Uh, we just appreciate you uh, downloading us to your favorite device, uh, and, and we can share this with you. And spread the word to your friends. Help yeah. the show grow. Yeah. It's a big, this is a word-of-mouth thing, too. So Yeah, it's, it's got to be grassroots, viral. Yeah, everybody go to your, you know, your, your local hangouts, your malls. Mm-hmm. People still hang out at malls, The right? skating rink. Yeah, the skating rink, uh-huh. the bowling alley. Bowling alley, yeah. Where the kids are and... You know, talk about the show. Uh, when you get back to your dorms this year, tell your new roommate, hey, I'm listening to this hot new podcast that came out this summer. And around the water cooler, for those of you at work. Yes. You know, as, this is total water cooler talk. Yeah. Water cooler podcast talk. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we appreciate any efforts you can to help us get the word out and rock the vote. And uh, a special thank you to uh, some of our friends who help with the show every week. Yes. Our, our great, yet another awesome poster from, uh, from our friend Curtis Moore. Mm-hmm. Love the artwork that, that he's been doing for us. And our theme music from E.K. Wimmer. E.K., again, love, I love hearing his tune at the top and bottom of every show. You sing it like most of the time when we're not recording. I, well, I, I hum the tune, yeah. And then I've, I've started writing my own lyrics to it. I can't I, wait to premiere that. I can't wait to hear the lyrics. <laughs> that, that's what's going to send this show into the stratosphere. <laughs> yes. So thank you to EK at EKWimmer.com and Curtis at his Instagram, which I can't like, recall the, the name. Yeah. But it's, it, up. it's but in Curtis our, Moore. It's in the show info. Yeah. We, we do it every week. Yeah. Track us on uh, 
on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and, and you can find, we always put a link to Curtis there. So yeah. so we're doing a lot of plugging here at the top. Yeah, business. we got to take care of business, and, and now we're going to get down to our other business. Guess who's getting some class? I'm going to college. Rodney Dangerfield's going back to school. And that's what I call marine biology. Hey, boys, here's a couple of pens in case you learn how to write. Okay. <laughs> when I used to dream about going to college, this is the way I always pictured it. Wait a minute, when did you dream about going to college? When I used to fall asleep in high school. Here's a book on sex education. Let me see that. The world's oldest living freshman. Well, he left out the most important thing. Where to get it? Say it! Say it! Good teacher. He really seems to care. About what, I have no idea. Yeah, a little something for the kids. Okay, take that. It's okay, huh? I don't have any kids. No, because we're here. Get yourself some kids. We're here. Take it all, all right? What a woman. She is the teacher. I know. I like teachers. Do something wrong to make you do it over again. What do you say you and I have dinner tonight? Actually, I'd like to join you, but I have class tonight. Why don't you call me sometime when you have no class? He's not just the big man on campus. Hey, folks, it's on me. Shakespeare for everyone, okay? Yeah! Uh, you too, honey. Ooh, I'd like to tame your shrew. He's the wildest man on campus. Shake it up, baby! Say when. Right after this drink. drink. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield, back to school. Okay, so that's it. Back to school. Going back to school. That's not how it's... You're all, about, you're all about the singing. Yeah, I just want to sing and dance. <laughs> Most of the Go time ahead. I'm dancing here. We will, we will listen Okay. We'll all take a pause here while you get that out of your system. I'm just going to go dance a little. Here, here ready? I wish you guys could see this. It was, ah, uh, there, there, boom. Yeah. When we go video. Yeah. When we get the video podcast and when we go live. Yeah. I'll, I'll do this for you guys every week. There's going to be a dancing segment. Mm-hmm. At the top. Yeah. But, uh... Here we go, back to school from 1986? 86, I think maybe I referred to it as 88. I think I was just, 88 was on my brain for the last couple weeks. So. Well, yeah, we've been doing lots of 88s. Yeah, I was, I was stuck in a vortex. Yeah, and uh, that's okay. You got a little confused. Yeah. We're getting older. We're, so we're slipping through some of the details on things. I have a lot on my mind. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot happening up yeah. there. Young Guns 2, probably just in your brain right now. You're thinking about it. I'm thinking. I'm always thinking about Young Guns. Young Guns. Young Guns Two. A possible Young Guns Three. You've been yeah. writing for the last ten years. We talked about the spinoffs that we could do. Yeah. You know, a doc movie. I would love a doc movie. Dirty Steve movie. Dirty Steve prequel movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. I absolutely. mean, they're all. I mean, because yeah, they. The world's been waiting. <laughs> the world's been waiting. But Rodney Dangerfield. Is our big star in uh, Back to School here? That is correct. Now, this is a guy. Welcome to the show, Rodney. We're, we appreciate the, uh, the ability to talk about this superstar comedian. Yeah. He's, oh. uh, he's visiting us from, from beyond. I think he knows we're talking about Yeah, uh, I feel his presence right here in this very room. <laughs> uh, there's, there is an energy here. Um, I've been, I have been giving you no respect all afternoon. You never give me any respect. No, that's that's not that's might be true. Um, um, when was when was the first time you 
What was the first time you saw this movie? Uh, Back to School. Back to School. Oh, uh, it was probably on TV a ton, and I didn't. I didn't see this in the theater. I don't think I ever rented it, but I would see this on TV constantly. Probably within a year or two of this, in those early, those late eighties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, weekend movie kind of thing uh, during the day. Do you remember maybe. what channel? Maybe you saw it on? WPIX eleven. Oh, WPIX. Shout out, uh, which I think is now a what is it a my is it a my, my TV? TV my TV or something? Yeah, I think so. It but used to be a WB affiliate, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it, it went from WPIX to WB. Yeah, and then whatever that that's become several different things since yeah. then. So that, but that uh, where I'm from in Pennsylvania, we would get we got Philly channels and New York channels. So that was like so I got I got the best of both worlds. We were like brothers. Basically. I was in New York. You were in Philly. We had the same TV channels. Well, I wasn't in Philly, but I was Or from not Philly, but Pennsylvania. Northeastern PA. Mm-hmm. Scranton. Shout out. Uh, Scranton, PA. Yeah, in the Northeast. About 100 miles from New York. 100 miles from Philly. Right next to each other. 50 miles from Allentown. About six hours from Pittsburgh. Keep going. Four and a, four and a half with a, at like 90 miles an hour to Boston. Mm-hmm. How about Finland? Uh, How far were you from there? I mean, uh, with a drive time to the airport, getting through customs, flying, I don't know, 12 hours? Seven. All right. Seven? Yeah. I don't know. Sure. So (laughs) WPIX was 11. Yes. It was on my cable. Did you have, what was was your channel nine? Channel nine was a Philly, no, was it a Philly channel? It was, a, I think it was a Philly channel. Okay, because mine was WWOR. WWOR, I think. Yeah. Wait, wait, that's a Philly station, isn't well, it? Or is that a New York station? Maybe it's a tri-state area. I don't know. I don't remember. WWOR, yeah. 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 Uh, channel 8 was my TBS. Ooh, 8 was TBS for you? Yeah. Twenty. I want to say 27 was TBS Oh, for wow. Us. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, channel 7 was the Catholic channel. We 7 was the Catholic channel? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't ABC? ABC was 6. Oh, <laughs> for me. Six was the sports channel for me. Five was Fox. Yes, Fox Five. Oh, nice. Yeah. Four was PBS. Really? WVIA. Wow. Thirteen P- was PBS. Oh, wow. Me. Yeah. No, three was NBC. Okay, four was NBC for me. Three was three was ESPN for me. Oh, wow. I see. Like two was CBS for me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, going back up the dial, twelve was ESPN. Twelve was local, local, uh, oh. really great local TV. Yeah, thirteen was some garbage channel. It, mm-hmm. Oh, C-SPAN or something. Yeah, maybe. No, oh, it might have been. Oh, I don't know. Fourteen was the Family Channel, I think. Fourteen was uh, the uh, what was it before the Nashville? Ne- it was TNN, right? TNN, the, yeah, yeah. The, the Nashville Network. Yeah, That's what, yeah. TNN. But then it became what Spike. Then it was Spike TV. Yeah. yeah. Fifteen Nickelodeon. I can't remember 15. 16 Weather Channel, 17 MTV. 16 was A&E, 17 was USA for me. Oh, USA was my 21. Uh. HBO, 24. I remember (laughs) HBO, 23, Cinemax, 24, the Movie Channel, 25. Is that a thing anymore? The Movie Channel, I think it's still a thing. Yeah, it's just... The TMC. Yeah, TMC. Yeah, TMC. So, you know, this has been local affiliate talk. (laughs) Here, on little sidebar, <laughs> but that's fun. You guys must be comparing your own stations yeah. to us. If We've you're some... in American stations with with uh, cable channels, 
I know for a fact that we have a bunch of New York listeners. So yeah. they're so all enjoying this. They're been, speaking for them. They're all freaking out that we're just referencing PIX. They're like, right oh now. my God, WWOR. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're just having some fun. Uh, but yeah, I on WPIX was where I would see a lot of the zany or weird mm-hmm. 80s comedies. Sunday afternoon movie type of thing. I guess Saturday so. afternoon. Yeah, Saturday yeah. afternoon after my cartoons. Yeah. Uh, Sunday definitely uh, after I would mow the lawn uh, so speaking yeah. of you just mentioned Saturday morning cartoons this is another side here we go but <laughs> I just pulled out some old comic books from the attic okay flipping through them did you and it's like full you know full page ads for like CBS Saturday morning cartoons and the whole lineup of what it was yeah and it was that was was hours of cartoons yeah like it was like 8 a.m. to like 1 or 1.30. Mm-hmm. Like straight all the way through. Pretty much every channel, too. Yeah. They all had their own shows. So yeah. those were the days. Yeah, can you believe that? Uh, Saturday Morning Cartoons, I think, officially died three years ago. There was like a whole yeah. in memoriam. Even though other ch- channels had started, networks started dropping off. Yeah, it was like in the but early two thousand. They, like started they started moving away from that. Yeah, and start programming all these cartoons and all that shit. So, yeah. Uh, no, it's it's the Saturday morning cartoon experience. Nothing like it. It was just an amazing uh, force feeding of <laughs> materialism. Yeah, absolutely. It was commercials upon just, commercials. Oh, yeah. I mean, shows that were made to sell toys. That's yeah. all they were. So we're definitely going to have to do our spinoff podcast, yeah. uh, 80s cartoons. We could probably do a whole, car- a whole show on... A whole series on yeah Saturday morning cartoons yeah let's do that one day hmm. Hmm. food for thought bonus show yeah let's put it in the box but uh, back to the movie <laughs> I remember seeing so in my house we would do and probably not just me many people we would do Friday night movies so when the family was all together mm-hmm. Friday night after everyone was home from work and I you know I was obviously home from school. We would uh, get one or two movies for the weekend mm. from Camel Video in mm. Yorktown, yeah. New York, which is kind of still in existence. Nice, good yeah. way to hang in there. Camel. Well, they like do like DVD duplicating now. That's that's what they oh they're, whittled like, down they're more to. of a commercial <laughs> business <laughs> like, <laughs> located in the in the attic of where their old business was. <laughs> but they retain the name. But the name's still there. They've got a website. Oh, what's their website? I think it's camelvideo.com. Head on over. I have to guys. double check that. Okay. But well, Google well, search that for in in what town in New York? Yorktown. In Yorktown. Yeah, Great. The, that was that was the town next to mine. Got it. It was right on the border. I see. So, so uh, we would rent. We would watch and I saw a lot of movies that way. I remember Ernest Goes to Camp. Ugh. Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was on PX all the time. Yeah, Come. but it's different when you rent it and you've got the tape and you can just watch it whenever. True. The videotape. Uh, what else? But th- this was one of them. Yeah. Uh, back to school was one, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just a it was a good, you know, the families together and all kind of settling in for the weekend. Yeah. Uh, so it was a good good memory. Would you guys typically do like a pizza? Friday oh yeah, pizza, night? yeah, pizza. Yeah, Friday night. Pizza. Maria's Maria's pizza yeah. and a movie from Camel Video. They're wow. like almost right next to each other. That's wow. around the corner. That's but. great. We do either Fairy's Pizza, uh, Alfredo's. Mm-hmm. Uh, our caros sometimes. What kind of pizza? Uh, this is it'd be 
also where I'm from, we're we're known for the the rectangle square pizza. Mm. So these would be mm. it would just be like think a cookie sheet rectangle dough, the thinnest sauce you could come up with, and just a small layer of cheese, and then you cut those into ten rectangles mm-hmm. after you bake that stuff. And all these places did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's like uh, who does that here? Big Mamas and Papas. I that think. could be. Does, yeah, I think so. But it's a, it's a style. Oh, and Club Seventeen. Oh yeah, Club Seventeen was the other pizza place. This was. Whoa, was that for like clubs? <laughs> young people. Young yeah, no, adults? I mean that was. Uh, oh, what was it? that's? We're it's something Club 17. Club Seventeen. It's an Old Forge pizza. Mm. So the style we're talking about is called Old Forge pizza. Ah. So for all you Northeastern PA listeners, I'm sure there are many. Uh, you all know what Old Forge Pizza is. We'll have to we'll have to post it on the Twitter what Old yeah. Forge Pizza is. Let's let's inform people about so, that stuff. But yeah, that that'd be our Friday night, and there would be times where we would be kind of the same thing. It would be like go and rent, go get the rentals. Yeah, something uh, kind of thing, something like fun for yeah. everybody, and then maybe something for a little more dangerous for the adults. Yeah, like I, th- I think <laughs> there was like two or three movies that would would come home, and I would see one of them. Yeah, one of them probably maybe two. One was not either appropriate or just I mean, you know, when you're seven, like you're not yeah. watching some of these. Well, maybe I'm not watching some of these violent movies or I was. Enjoy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Commando at seven years old, six years old. But this was this was uh, at a time where Ronnie Dangerfield was in the zeitgeist, right? Like this was a, a movie where everyone knew who Rodney was. Like mm-hmm. I'm certainly our our parents' generation was paying a lot of attention to Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, and this was a movie that was just completely built and structured for him. It's just a vehicle for Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. He was still he had hit his the prime of his career I would say in the 70s, but then he he really became a pop culture kind of you know, celebrity into the 80s after Caddyshack. Yeah. But we'll get into that as we talk about his, his career. Yeah. But, well, I mean, he was always on Carson in the 70s, I think, right? Like, he was... Yeah, he was on a few. He was yeah. on a, a few different... He would be all shows. over the place. So he'd be on TV a lot. Yeah. And he'd done... A, obviously, with Caddyshack, that would just, like, made him part of the... Yeah. The pop and, culture. And he didn't do a ton of movies. No. Uh, like, if you look him up, he really doesn't have a lot of movies under his belt, but... This was, I think this was the first one that was just him, where he's like the lead, everything centered around him. It's not really co-starring with other people. Right. This, like, this is his project. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't seen this since 80, it must have been 87 when I, when I saw it on video. So like it came out in 86, so yeah. video would have been 87. So like, so you've only seen this the one time. The one and, time. And only when you rented it, you know, after that year later. Yeah. Or whatever, six months to a year later. And all wow. I really remembered is the poster, mm-hmm. Sally Kellerman. Yeah. Hot and lips. the diving, like the diving part of parts of the movie. Yeah. That was, that was it. The big competition. It was the, <laughs> the diving was definitely stood out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so watching it for me now was like almost like watching it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this person's in that movie. Um, Burt Young is in this movie. Yeah, a lot of great. Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. What big R D J? 
RDJ. Yeah. RDJ. Iron What's, Man himself. He's got quite a different set of teeth on him in that in this movie. No. <laughs> he, I don't believe it. He's got those big chompers. Those they, teeth teeth naturally change over time. Yeah, they? they naturally align yeah. and whiten and yeah, it's, it's, it's get fine. stronger and shrink. <laughs> so Rodney uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Tell me about him. His father was a vaudevillian comedian. Yeah. But Rodney virtually never saw him. Yeah, he was. He a, would see him twice a year. Yeah, he wasn't in his life. Not at all. And not because of the career, but also just part of, partly the career. But he he had like thirteen different kids, like yeah, across the land. Like, I, I think the career was the excuse not to be around. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. So and then and Rodney was raised by his Hungarian mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, who never showed him any love, uh, if I if I remember his autobiography correctly. Did you read that? Did you I, read his I, his one his yeah his one memoir, uh, which I, I'm blanking on the title. So he it was just sort of the, the the classic kid born in the 20s, living a rough and tumble life. You know, moving to all different boroughs in New York mm-hmm. with his mom. You know, and uh, and then his sister or her sisters. Uh, it was just kind of a it was a tough life, uh, you know. Yeah. For that that thing, he, he didn't, and he he admitted he's like, yeah. I mean, my mom never showed me love. If my father even cared, like, and I, his, my life would be different. Like, it'd be. And his teachers picked on him too, from what it sounded like. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like he had a lot of anti-Semitic teachers, and mm-hmm. that, well, the combination of all of that, like, he started writing jokes as like a coping mechanism. Yeah. And you find that I think with a lot of comedians. That, you know, more stand-up type comedians. That there's, a lot of times there's some kind of darkness in their life that's driving them to want to go the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And bring humor for themselves and to other people. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't think there's anyone who does stand-up who, wouldn't, who would say that... My life's been great. Yeah. Like my, everything's perfect. I think maybe maybe like Amy Schumer got a lot of uh, you know positive reinforcement, <laughs> where but she's also she also has something to bring just being a blonde woman, blonde woman dealing with being a woman in yeah. in the world. Uh, but any male comedian just has either bad parents, bullies, depression, <laughs> like abuse. Uh, Alcoholism, yeah, like that's they a find, strong source of their comedian. Yeah, their and they find a humorous way to look at that dark side of their life, and yeah. and you kind of deal with it that yeah. way. It's therapeutic, I think. That most would say. But do you think you brought up Amy Schumer and and just thinking about it? Let's go. Do you think like her comedy is kind of similar in a way, like a female? This generation's female version of Rodney Dangerfield's kind of comedy. Hmm. Um, I I think I think given enough, I think given enough evidence, you could probably make a case for that. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to just look at like kind of side by side, and it's different generations, but I, I don't know. I I, I think I think I've, I probably I would probably end up saying no just because. Amy Schumer would more speak to the reality of of the things she was joking about, speak to what it's like being a woman trying to navigate romance mm-hmm. and sex and uh, femininity and feminism 
and sure and independence and all of this the reality of it and what they what, what kind of bullshit you face rodney's is pretty much just straightforward like it's just almost one-liners just quick jokes about how tough his life is yeah. and how you know how abusive people can be or how mm-hmm. shitty people can be and i don't know i i think they're they're definitely probably not yeah like, that close together all right i was just just I, thinking there. it was a nice little just because i don't think we plan to talk about amy schumer on this, this yeah. podcast today but uh it, that was a nice little starting point to a, a larger conversation which we're not going to have here so he starts writing jokes uh he's around what i think 15 when he's really starting to get into that yeah uh after that he starts taking uh jobs as a waiter at clubs and just kind of dipping his foot into the the comedy world the comedy club world yeah yeah he's he's exposed to the world trying to find his place in it mm-hmm. and knowing that's something he was drawn to do yeah um but he starts doing stand-up in his, I think, in his mid-20s up in the Catskills. And it does not go well. His, <laughs> first, his first stab at all this, just, it's not working. And he's yeah. in and out of the, the stand-up business and nothing's hitting. He's not really getting any kind of traction. Mm-hmm. He, would, he, would, he couldn't make a living doing it. He had to take other jobs. He yeah. was... Wasn't he a, like some kind of metal salesman or something? Well, that that after he, well, while he was before he like retired from comedy at twenty eight, uh, he would uh, those side jobs. He'd be just like a truck driver. He would make deliveries like milk deliveries or food deliveries, mm-hmm. things of that nature on certain days, fish deliveries, something like that. So that would be his like side hustle, trying to while he continued to make trying to make a career you know singing i mean he, he was like a singer comedian yeah kinda, you know he had that that cat skills act um but then yeah he became an aluminum siding salesman yeah and then he kind of quit the biz quit the comedy scene to just do it full time uh so yeah he you know he he got married he kind of just settled down from the dreams of showbiz yeah and, uh but then of, how did he i mean obviously he got back into it yeah, he kind of went back. He went back when basically when he turned forty. Like he was, mm-hmm. I think he was forty years old or so. And I think it was just the, the call. It was just calling to him. Like he, yeah. And he would ca- and as he was living his life, like he knew he was a funny guy. He, that's how he could sell. He was a great salesman because he was just personable and funny and could crack the jokes and all of that. But then he would always he was always making notes. He would come up with bits in his head and write them down. And just storm away. Yeah. So he was just—he was sort of building an act with all his musings, with all this, all this shit. And it's just—he wanted to, wanted to finally put it out there and get get back in the game. Do you think that it was the case of just being at the right time, the right age, the right time, the right time for him, and the right time for the audience to accept him when he was ready to give it another shot? I think so. Because I, I mean, I think it was important for comedians. You know, these guys have to have a voice that resonates and it's got to be different and it's got to stand out and that's i think that's exactly it he was his perspective his, his the way his worldview and these jokes these way to to uh reconcile how people are mm-hmm. and in his life and you know he can and exaggerate and give how terrible his marriages and work and his kids and how the dog hates him all this shit like yeah there's a, there was a bit of truth to all of it that at least people who sort of lived a blue collar lifestyle could 
at least laugh along with or they know a guy like that and it's and you weren't seeing that on stage well you think that the audience of the early 70s was a lot more accepting of that kind of comedy than the early 60s yeah probably yeah i, I think because you, you're not airing your business like uh maybe necessarily where he's probably going a little at least going a little further than any comedian before him you know mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the things about the '70s that obviously that was a big period of change in in, in America, mm-hmm. and they were moving out of that '50s and early '60s kind of you know family style of of everything really, and yeah, just yeah. everything was getting a little more comfortable, a little more flexible. Yeah, uh, you could stretch a little bit more with with the jokes and be a little edgier and i think that was that was the right time for him to come back and give another try yeah it, it really is all timing i think uh he probably could have stuck with it doing comedy this that whole time but he wouldn't have lived a sort of a blue collar life um you know and settled down so his voice would have been different probably yeah or, or he just he still would have just taken a long route to get to that kind of perspective he just would have had more years of struggling instead of like yeah. accepting it wasn't working mm-hmm. doing something else Spending more time with his family and then giving it another try. Yeah, yeah. But so he works his way back in in the, I think, the late 60s, early 70s, and now it's working. Now his comedy is, yeah. is hitting, his audience is growing, his popularity is on the rise. Mm-hmm. He's doing the, like you said, he's doing the Tonight Show, the, uh, the Dean Martin Show, Ed Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And Ed Sullivan, I think, was the big one that uh his he had a big appearance on that show that really put him in the spotlight again yeah. or a spotlight for the first time so. yeah yeah these these things millions of people are watching and he's just hitting at the right spot right time when did ed sullivan stop uh, i feel terrible because I, I, I feel like i didn't i guess i didn't realize that he had still gone into the 70s but it had to be over by the late seventies. I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, uh, without with the rise of with Johnny Carson gaining popularity, it was probably sure. Tom Snyder, Tom Snyder, <laughs> uh, Dick Cavett, all that. Yeah, I don't. You know, yeah, I'm Cavett. not. I'm not too. I'm not good on the timeline. When we lost Ed to retirement, and not not only did Rodney, not only was he doing stand up, but, but he actually opened a club. Yeah, called. Mm-hmm. Dangerfields, Dangerfields. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Dangerfields, and a lot of comedians came through there yeah. over the years of the whole length that it was there. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, Seinfeld. You know a guy by that name? Uh, uh it was uh, Johnny Seinfeld. John. <laughs> Johnny Seinfeld. John, Johnny and Jimmy, Johnny the Seinfeld and Jimmy. twins. Yeah, yeah. You know those guys. Yeah. Uh, Roseanne came through there, mm-hmm. but another big New York feeding ground for for comedians. Yeah. So he's he's making a great career for himself, stand up only. You know, the TV appearances are bolstering that. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a he's a name guy. He's his career is skyrocketing. Yeah. In in that way. And in a way, he's because he's older, and he now he has this club. He's sort of mentoring other comedians as well so it's kind of like a dual career suddenly happening for him yeah and he was always really supportive of young comics and as far as i can tell like Mm -hmm. he was always always wanted to find that new talent because he knew that he was getting support when he was trying when he's trying to make it yeah you know and he just sort of paid it forward all the time well and that's similar to gary gary shandling later on yeah but you know you didn't until he died you didn't 
realize where like how much of an impact he had behind the scenes yeah so interesting yeah and then he becomes a pop culture icon would you say Mm. uh once he does caddyshack yeah i mean that everyone everyone had to love fall in love with him at that point right yeah i mean everyone who saw the movie anyway (laughs) like yeah and and the movie didn't we'll cover caddyshack another time but the movie didn't do Amazingly well, it's had a greater life since the movie came out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, at the time, but it was still great for him. It was great exposure. That was, I believe, his first, the first movie he did. For first big one, before he he was in the he was in something called the Projectionist. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, you're right, the Projectionist. um, But that was a small. Yeah, it wasn't like a big. Wasn't like a big thing for him, but yeah, he was in it, but. You know, Kaishak, like fe- he was featured as this main guy. Mm-hmm. What's his, what was the character's name again? Al Cervik. Cervik. Cervik or Cervik? Cervik. C Z R N I K. Yeah. Uh, but what was funny about that, and you know, people had the idea, and I think I had that same picture that he was just sort of like a rich, eccentric guy who played golf. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not a golfer <laughs> like, at all. At all. <laughs> like, um, but yeah. Uh, he did Easy Money after that with Joe Pesci, which is a movie oh, I yeah. don't really know much about. I mm-hmm. just remember seeing a really crappy poster for it of yeah. like the two of them like standing next to each other <laughs> or arms so. around each other or something. And yeah, I can I can picture the logo and the the poster. I think. Yeah, but uh, it was always like, yeah, I should watch that. Rodney Dangerfield's in it, and I've never, I just have never seen it. Yeah, um, there's not a lot of talk about it, so yeah, nothing really pushed me to seeing that, but. So the projectionist, Caddyshack is huge, and now he's now he's a big time personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so now he's I mean, with all his TV appearances in the seventies and early eighties. Uh, then he's in big movies, uh, and and Back to School is only his fourth movie. Yeah, so that and that's the one he's the true star. Like you said, the true star. Yeah, it's all centered on on Rodney. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for. If you're if you're into Rodney Dangerfield and you're looking for you know something to watch that really features his comedy and the way he did things, it's Back to School, and then second to that would be Caddyshack. Yeah, that's where you're gonna get your your you're the best bang for your buck and yeah. and, and Rodney stuff. Yeah, because I mean I'm I'm sure everyone had he had albums, right? I mean yeah, oh, yeah. so it's just like you're listening to his albums at, at home, you're seeing him on TV, you can see him in these couple movies, and you're getting the full Rodney experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, his style of comedy was was very different. It really stood out from other comedians of that mm-hmm. era. Yeah, he was very brash. He's really loud. He's crude, uh, self self deprecating. Yeah, and it's all one like you said before. It's all one liners, really. Yeah, it's basically one line. And self deprecation was like the, the. I think once he once he came up with that no respect bit oh yeah i mean that was it then he, yeah. he can launch into whatever joke mm-hmm. uh and, and just was, come back to that yeah it was always again like his wife his kids his in-laws his, the everyone. dog his, his boss yeah. like everyone oh boy <laughs> no respect <laughs> didn't he do a movie later on didn't they do a rover danger field 1991's rover danger <laughs> he did the voice though yeah it was yeah he was a dog he was in Las, Las Vegas dog, a dog that lived in Las Vegas with an, it was like animals, I think. Yeah. A uh, Vegas style. And then he ends up accidentally on a farm 
Uh-oh. Uh, and then uh, he finds love. And he's just he's just some old dog. <laughs> but, like, he's some, like, basset hound looking thing. But he wears a tie. Yeah. And then he's got, like... Uh, He's got like the shape of a tie on his back, like as okay. far as his fur, and he's like he's like like he's a chubby dog, and like even his like he he stands up on two legs, and like his his skin and his belly is just big, so he's just it's Rodney, and he's got these cute these cute eyes like Rodney had, but it's weird. I watched the trailer for it not long ago, just because you know why not, and uh, it's just him spouting these one liners, and it's so cheesy, and it's it's geared toward children more or less See. so which his comedy was not no that's the thing so and, and it's not like he's doing the real the real self-deprecating mm-hmm. like dark humor like you know he's making jokes about himself in the sure. trailer but uh and he's like and at the time this is coming out he's 70 years old if you think about it, i mean he, like, that's the thing he's he's an old man he's in his he, he's an old 65 when he does back to school like well and that's i think he's an, like look <laughs> at our grandparents when we were when we were kids yeah like sixty five, then in nineteen, you know, let's say nineteen eighty five, yeah, is a lot different than sixty five in twenty eighteen. Yeah, absolutely. So he's an he's an old version of himself. Yeah, uh, so that's the thing. So he's playing technically in the 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 story of uh, Back to School. He's like supposed to be in his late forties, based on when he was. Yeah, I think late forties, early fifties, maybe. Well, I mean, his son's in college, so he would be yeah. twenty. Five 20, something twenty five in college. Oh no no like he no I mean like he's tw- the son would be twenty. Yeah, right? let's say twenty twenty one because he go, they, go, go they go to a bar so he's got to be yeah twenty one you'd think right yeah something like that and then uh, I I the, with the flashback and with him as a kid played by Jason, Jason Hervey, Hervey. <laughs> the Wonder Years Jason Hervey Jason Hervey. Uh, even who does like a neck pull at yeah. some point, <laughs> like my report card is terrible. Um, yeah, I think. Oh, I guess actually in the, that flashback, he's probably born in 1930. So yeah, actually. So you would be 50. 50, even 50. Yeah, but he was 65 when he did it. Yeah, <laughs> like good for him. Yeah, um, and being the ladies' man. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's that's kind of. That's something that him being like this, like womanizer. Yeah, that, and that's something that doesn't sit with me anymore. <laughs> right. That's yeah. part of I think. I'm just gonna go out and say that, like I I don't think this movie's aged that well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And I think this is partially why it's like you have these frumpy, you know, overweight, not the most attractive guy. But he's rich, surrounded with women, and it's him. You know, he's writing all this like for yeah. himself. Uh-huh. So yeah, I don't know. That just doesn't. I think that fits with like the I- the ideal of not. I don't think that's him, and I don't think he even wants that. But like that's what audience sort of expect him to mm-hmm. be. Maybe like, just in terms of that, because it's funny if you listen to his comedy bits. It's always like he talks about his wife, you know, ragging on him or whatever. But then he talks about how he just has. He's just doing jokes because then he talks about having sex with two girls and like, and it's not like because he's cheating on his wife. It's just it's here's a setup. Like you mm-hmm. wouldn't even know if he was married, really. Like yeah. So it's always just like in his sixties and seventies, still talking about going to bed with women and all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like sort of really leaning on that as like that is funny, 
but it's, is it funny? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it? Uh, is when, it you, funny? when you think about it now, it's like, yeah. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's funny anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not meaning to, uh, hey, you know, put down Rodney Ro- Rodney's comedy, but well, just I mean, looking at it from the 2018 perspective. The jokes don't land for you. And that's a thing. I don't think that, but I, and I'll just argue that they're not, they're really, they're a little, they're more harmless than other jokes about having sex with women from these comedians. We should get a female's perspective on this. Yeah. I would say that they, I would say most females probably don't care for Rodney Dangerfield's comedy. At least modern women wouldn't. Um, And I agree. I think it's a little more harmless than that. It's not like it seems like he's yeah. There's like assaulting or just sort of like it's not like Benny Hill. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, he's not like chasing women down or like Benny. Like Benny. (laughs) You know, he's not drugging (laughs) them. But I think it was just sort of a, a way of everyone can relate to just having sex and having bad sex and talking about it. Mm. I don't know. That uh, uh, every, and, everyone was unhappy in their marriage. Back in the well, and, that, and that's and comedy and that's a bigger picture discussion about comedy in general. Mm-hmm. Comedy changes. Uh, what's funny. I mean, the Marx brothers were hilarious. Yeah. I mean, the three stooges still were are. funny. Still are. Some would say, <laughs> yeah. but there's a lot of people like who don't even, I mean, you talk to the younger college crowd. Have they ever even thought about watching a Marx Brothers movie? Yeah. Probably not. Unless they were forced to in film school. Oh, I mean, they've got a, they've got a lot of choices for comedy. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Marx Brothers made a name for themselves because they really stood out and they're, they were the top, you know, they were the top of the top of the heap there. Right. You know, for what they were, but now there's endless choices for comedy and well, you still have your A-list stars or, you know, biggest acts. And comedy is so topical. I mean, it's... it's or timely. Timely, yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's, you're right. Timely, not yeah. topical. I know what you meant. But, yeah, I mean, it's of that moment. It's yeah. It's what's funny there. What's funny today isn't going to be funny tomorrow. Yeah. So you can look at your Mel Brooks's right. and look at those movies. That's a big discussion that I have with people a lot. Sure. There are a lot of people who love Mel Brooks still. Yeah. I'm not one of them other than Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Sure. Spaceballs is timeless. It, it is. Uh, it's funny every time. I don't know. Your blazing saddles mostly works. That one mostly, yeah. mostly works. Although I remember the first time I ever saw blazing saddles, I was in my twenties and I was kind of like, huh, this isn't as funny as I was led to believe. Yeah, <laughs> like it was fun. The first time I saw it, it was funny. Yeah, and then when I've seen it since, I'm like, nah. Yeah, right. But that like the uh, farting scene, it, people in my household right. thought that was the funniest thing right. ever, and I just I, don't, I do not care for that. Uh, I'm laughing yeah. because it's so like that's not funny to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean I like Young Frankenstein, but like the sure. producers, like I. No. The producers is tough. No. There's funny things about it. Yeah. There's always like, at least it's not a, it's never a total fail from this like modern perspective, I think. You're still going to find some things, but you realize you're not getting the same reaction that your parents did. Like Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not taking this in. Right. Yeah. Comedy evolves because our sensibilities change and Mm -hmm. not just sensibilities in terms of morality or the darkness or whatever things you're touching on. It's just sort of what what are we reacting to? What what's more important to us today? Uh, and it's hard to tell a joke that is going to be that's going to last. I mean, 
there are like when you have a show like Saturday Night Live, there are certain things about it mm-hmm. that can carry over. Some of the like commercial parodies or mm-hmm. some of the characters. So much of it doesn't. I just my kids got really into Saturday Night Live, and we've been rewatching it from the beginning. Mm. And we're on like season four right now. Yeah. And there's there are certain bits like they love Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. Sure. A lot of the Gilda Radner stuff they really love. Uh-huh. They love John Belushi and, and the samurai. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the other stuff, they like the political things. They like, they like the, the, pre- the, the skits with the presidents. Uh-huh. They think those are funny. Uh-huh. And they're kind of like, we'll sidebar and learn about what was really going on then. But, yeah. but uh, much of it just doesn't, just doesn't, is slow and doesn't work anymore. But mm-hmm. I think that, I think, you know, if you watch this, this, the next season coming up 10 years from now or 20 years from now, you'll be like, yeah, that's 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 all right. It, like something that might be really funny now. It, that's just how it is. Yeah, it it just things change. Yeah, uh, but then you get a spaceballs, and it's uh, that just works. But yeah, well, parody a lot of times is gonna is just gonna work because it's parody. And we talked about vacation as right. a movie that still works today. Yeah, There's most a lot of, mostly most of works. That works. Mostly uh, works. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Other than the uh, troublesome parts. Every every attempt at making you laugh more mm-hmm. or less hits. And if you haven't listened to that episode, feel free to uh, check out the archives yeah. and, and download it and take a listen. That's a nice little plug right there uh, for vacation. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've obviously cracked the code on comedy, modern comedy, in this these last 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> we've cracked the code. No need to go further. Yeah. <laughs> the buck stops here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but who else? Who else is involved with this movie? Who makes yeah. it? Tell not me. A, not a huge amount of name talent outside of Rodney. Not a lot of household names. Yeah. It's directed by Alan Metter, mm-hmm. who is not a huge director, but he's he was coming off of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Yeah. Which is a movie I haven't seen in forever. With Cindy Lauper. Well. No. Okay. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that song. <laughs> okay. No, with Sarah Jessica Parker yeah. and who else is in that? Is uh, I feel like there's a bunch of people in that. that Timothy, you wouldn't. Uh, what's Dalton? his face? Yeah, Timothy Dalton. Is, he <laughs> sure. is Andrew McCarthy in that? I I don't think Andrew McCarthy is in that. I no, should be. Yeah, but he's probably anyway. too young for that. <laughs> uh, it's written by. I mean, obviously Rodney's fingerprints are all over. Yes, yeah. I mean it's it's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's credited to Greg Fields and Dennis Snee, who are are not writers that I are. I don't have a long list of what they were up to, but sure. uh, but Rodney's Rodney's the main thing, and he was he he actually brought in Harold Ramis, who did yeah. some of the rewrites, and and you can see his kind of this character is really similar to Al Cervik in in. Uh, Caddyshack. Yeah, the it, it when I was a kid and watching this, it no, knowing there were two separate movies, it just seemed like well, this is who Rodney Dangerfield is the 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 the, it, the rich guy who just yeah. sort of does whatever he wants, and uh, it, and just has fun with in life. Like, why not? Why not make this a sort of a spinoff of Caddyshack? Why didn't they just do it? Do you think? I don't know. What's the, well, what's the point of connecting them? I mean, why not? I don't know. Maybe Harold was like. Don't 
maybe they don't want to pay the lampoon. It could be. It could be. It could have been a rights thing. Yeah. It could have been. It just Plus felt Ronnie, like Ronnie should stand out on his own. Well, sure. You know. Well, I mean, he would anyway in this movie because he's not sharing the screen with Chevy and yeah. Bill Murray and and Ted Knight and yeah. you know, it's it's all it's like ninety five percent him in this movie, right? And he's in virtually almost every scene. Yeah. Well, it, but I mean, it it was Harold Ramis's idea. Like the the core story was about like this blue collar guy who goes back to help his son get through college because he never went to college either. Mm-hmm. But then Harold had the genius idea that, no, make him rich. Make him, you know, he's going to have to go back to school to be in with the rest of the slobs. Yeah. You know, and, and he still keeps the backstory of sort of being this blue-collar guy who built himself, living the American dream, like, bullshit. Absolutely. Like, yeah. he's rich. But, I mean, obviously, even a Thornton Mellon, his character's name, which we haven't mentioned yet, but, like, his his father started his empire with his one shop, mm-hmm. you know, and and the beginning of the movie paints the picture of what Thornton Mellon's life was, where he was a kid in the New York neighborhoods, and then he he you know he's yeah look, a, looks like it's straight out of Godfather too yeah yeah you know, the the De Niro part and uh, he's um he, but he's also you, there's just a couple still photos it's, it's a series of still photographs. And there's a photographs of him being a diver. So he died. Like, it just gives you that. It gives you. It plants the seed for you. So when he says, yeah, I used to dive up the pier. Yeah, all right. Because yeah. we already have an idea of his backstory. He, blue collar, went through, you know, d- would dive all the time. Started, took over his father's business. Settled down. Got married. Had a kid. Built an empire. Mm-hmm. Off the back of his father's immigrant dreams. Yeah. And uh, it's clearly like. This was the story of his generation of this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, work work your ass off and become something. That's the American dream. Yeah. So it. this yeah. is this movie's pure propaganda. Yeah. This is a capitalist propaganda dream. <laughs> <laughs> Made by Reagan. Yeah. This a, uh, but, yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. Never mind. Keith Keith Gordon plays his son. Keith Gordon. Keith Gordon. The mainstay of the eighties for me. Number one number one star. On the tip of your tongue for the 80s. Well, I just love that Keith Gordon shows up in stuff. Yeah. He's all over. He shows up in random stuff, too. But Chris, yeah. he's really coming off Christine. That's yeah. his main... Uh, he's a, a big director now, but yeah. as far as an actor goes, mm-hmm. it was Christine. I know he was in other stuff, but Christine and this are like his main yeah. well, and, films. And then he did... Uh, we loved the year before, it was Legend of Billie Jean. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. that was sort of his other big one. Of course, he was in Jaws 2. That that's the other one. He's he was, got the longer hair in that one. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. I, and honestly, I didn't realize. I I thought he played Michael. No, Michael. No, Brady, he's just he, one of the. He friends. just plays Doug. <laughs> Doug. Let's <laughs> say it's Doug. Now that was now that was like seventy seven. I want to say Jaws two. It came out in 80, 78. Yeah. Seventy eight. Yeah. So this is almost almost. This, this is eight years later. This is eight years later. Yeah. And he's playing basically the same age. Oh, Basically, that's true. yeah, because he was like a the the kid and maybe a little bit younger in Jaws too. His character might have been, you got know, it. seventeen or eighteen, and then here he's got to be. He's yeah. we think he's around twenty one. Yeah, I think he may even be. They may be pa- painting like he's a freshman. He's probably a freshman. I feel like he might they're be painting. 18. Yeah, I do feel like he's on the younger side of college because yeah. he's Cause having he's like a rough time there, and you usually go through that your first. Yeah. year or two exactly he can't get on the swim team they don't want him in the frat right you know he doesn't he doesn't want to keep doing this typical freshman year shit but they go into a bar later 
Well, back then you just but had a fake ID, and you, that's all you need. And, and especially they're in a back co- then. They're in a back then, David. Back then, not these days. Not these days, no. Certainly not me in the nineties. Never. <laughs> did you ever have a fake ID? I didn't. Neither did I. No, but I went to bars where they didn't check. So. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> North Philly. Yeah. That's how you do it. Um. But, uh, yeah, he would show up. He did a couple Brian De Palma movies, apparently, in between Jaws 2 and Christine. Yeah, in the not-so-great years <laughs> yeah, of De Palma. Home movies, Dressed to Kill. Mm-hmm. Dressed to Kill is good. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and he was just doing a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Like He would show up in TV movies and TV appearances. Yeah, so yeah. Keith Gordon worked as an actor. Oh, yeah, he was definitely time. around. Yeah. But, but these were some of his bigger bigger yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, and then, he, of course, he became a... A director, and I don't think he's really done anything on on camera. On camera, he showed up in something like two years ago, I think, just because he was directing it. Like, yeah, you know, like he was like doctor or, yeah. something, or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, I think his his passion's clearly for mm-hmm. that. He's not really in it to act. Uh, Sally Kellerman is yeah. in the film. Wonderful, from, uh, great character in Mash. Mm-hmm. The movie Mash, not she the played show. Hot Lips. Hot Lips. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Sally. The Mash movie. Well, I'm going to cover that at we some should, point. We should cover that. It comes right to the edge. That came out in 1970. So yeah. That's, that's right, right in our, on the border. Right at the entry point. I might make a few exceptions because 69 is a pretty amazing number. Year. <laughs> number <laughs> and year. Uh, she was also in Meatballs 3. Uh, oh, who could forget the that? The same year. So. <laughs> who could forget me, Paul's three? She was in two great comedies in yeah. 1986. Back to school. Meatballs three. Can I tell a meatballs personal story? <laughs> I'd love that. <clears throat> I, when I, I used to go to summer camp called Summer Trails. I've mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. On rainy days at that camp, we would always go. We would get shipped off to like a couple of local community colleges mm-hmm. where we get locked up and inside for the whole day and yeah. it couldn't have been more boring Ugh. we'd have like three board games and and i was at this camp as a camper for like 10 years oh, jesus and they all over that time we had two movies to watch every time it was rocky 2 or meatballs 2 <laughs> not meatballs 3 meatballs 2, meatballs two. Really? so it was like those are the only two take, movies that take your pick throughout all that time. Yeah, when you <laughs> every summer, every time it rained, you grew, we had and you're in New York, so it rained. You know, it, we got a fair every so of often, pretty yeah. pretty good. And and during yeah. the summer, you're gonna get some rainstorms. <laughs> and then when I was a counselor at that camp, and then I would just be forced to sit with some of the campers would actually stay at camp, and you just sit inside one of the buildings. But they they didn't have very many buildings, so uh-huh. that's why they had to get rid of most of everybody. Uh. As a counselor, it's like, well, now I'm just literally sitting here in this converted barn. Oh. What's worse? There's no Which, nothing to do. Nothing to do. This is in the days before cell phones. Okay? Right. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh. Like, it was still beepers. So every every activity was outdoor-based. There was no... Yeah, there was... There was no indoor... Not really. Kind of like not really. Arts and crafts bullshit. Arts and crafts was outside, Yeah. The Why? stuff with they had a cap. They had like a There's wind everywhere. You could, you could glitter everywhere. Uh, it wasn't wind. Wasn't that bad? <laughs> the glitter. Just, oh, yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. The wind picks up. Glitters everywhere. Yeah. All on your polo shirt. So that's that's my that's my sidebar meatballs. Uh, amazing, story. amazing sidebar. 
So Sally Kellerman, here's another thing. Tell when me. I was little, for some reason, I had it in my head. So you know uh, the band Berlin, your favorite band <laughs> that you listen to all the time? Yes. Take My Breath Away. Uh-huh. That music video. Uh-huh. I swore that the lead singer was Sally Kellerman. Oh, uh, yeah? I Is don't that know, not like, true? Th- no, not true at all. Let's, are you sure? <laughs> she could be She could be the front person. Let me person. take another look at that. <laughs> Berlin. The uh, I, I just for years as a kid I was mm-hmm. like oh yeah the girl from Back to School is sings the Top Gun song <laughs> wrong wow yeah uh, Burt Young is in the film sure so speaking of Rocky plays Lou and now I, that's somebody that watching it now I did not remember he was in this oh, did yeah. not remember that character or that he's not in it too much you know he he only gets a couple of lines really yeah, yeah he well should. he's but he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of dialogue but he's in quite a number of scenes. That, that's so true. Yeah, he shows. He just doesn't like do a lot. He's just there. Yeah, he's but he play. he's the driver slash friend slash bodyguard. Yeah, type. yeah. He just <laughs> he's just taking care of this guy. Basically, like a more tough guy version of Polly. Yeah, yeah. Because he can, this guy can brawl. Yeah. Because when when <laughs> the bar fight when Thornton gets upset. He gets physical. Yeah. <laughs> he crushes a napkin dispenser, yeah. which would, <laughs> and then he walks up to the guy. Oh my god! Oh my god! I love that scene. That's yeah. great. Uh, one of your favorite actors, William Zabka. Yeah, Billy Zabka. And this was the movie that it really occurred to him that he was being typecast. Yeah, this he, was, it, and he said it that like. This was where he realized because he was trying to do different things for this character and yeah. get a little zanier with some things, but they're like, no, just be, do what you did in Karate Kid. Yeah, be the just be the asshole bully kind yeah. of guy, which but, is unfortunate. But. Yeah, because he it, it seems like he could have stretched some comedic muscles. He said that I think he said like they film like they film stuff but cut it like mm-hmm. that you know to to streamline the fact that he's not a likable guy. Right. Um, yeah, you have to have a villain. Yeah, but I, I do like it. Like when when Robert Downey Jr. tells him off in the in the, like toward the beginning of the movie where they're picking classes. And I mean, just just nails him with some insult, and he he just sort of takes it in. Like Billy's, he's like he actually gets affected, and you expect him to be Johnny and like punch everybody out. But he he's not a, he's not like a big bully. He's just brash. Yeah, he's, he's just, not like he's that aggressive. Yeah, yeah. He's just an asshole who who talks a big game, uh, but he's not like starting fights yeah uh necessarily he's stirring he's, he's a shit stirrer but mm-hmm. he's not a he's not doing it himself it's too bad because i do think he's a good actor and yeah. i think in cobra kai the new show yeah you see that like he's got range and he actually can do stuff and it was what a 20 year period where mm-hmm. i mean the only things you saw him in were reference music videos and references to cobra kai and johnny and yeah of course he's still doing that but this is a much uh, I think it's working for him more now. Yeah, I mean, you're giving him actual character development, right? Pro- in, in Cobra Kai. Yeah, I mean, he's the lead. Yeah, I got. I got to say, he did a nice turn in How I Met Your Mother for the last couple for mm-hmm. the last season. I worked with uh, my friend Matt Coon, who's one of the right was one of the writers on that show. Uh, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. He was awesome. It was great. I liked it. Yeah, I think he showed up earlier in the series, like I think in one or two episodes, and then. He appears in the last season like a and bunch. And Ralph Macchio's in it, too. Mm-hmm. They're both in it. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Very weird to see him. 
as a real sidekick role, really. Yeah, he's nothing. I mean, this is this is this is his career is just taking off. So, mm-hmm. not, I mean, he did Weird Science the year before, and what Johnny B. Good, which was, was that was that was around this time. Yeah, it, it might like, have been right after. I think it was but, after. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but another like we were talking about a Young Guns, a, a Brat Packer. Mm-hmm. Robert Downey's a Brat Packer. Yeah, I mean, he was he did the pickup artist with. Molly Ringwald, mm-hmm. so he's directly connected. He's this. That's Ansel. a movie that needs a sequel. Uh, the pickup artist. Pickup artist two. two. Still picking still it up. Still picking it. <laughs> still picking up art. Still picking it up as an artist. <laughs> that's the. That's a long subtitle. But like he did, he did. He had a nice little string of movies though. He did Chances Are with uh, mm-hmm. Sybil Shepherd, and then Soap Soap Dish. He's great well, in Soap Dish. Robert Downey Jr. has had a really fascinating career. Yeah. It's like two dip. This whole Marvel thing, this whole yeah. huge mega action star thing, ca- happening in the later part of his career is like two different careers. Yeah, totally. Like he, he was in so many of these comedies and and dramas and mm-hmm. like Air America and mm-hmm. all sorts of. He's kind of all over the place. Sure, uh, and you know he he played Charlie Chaplin, like you know, yeah, did a biopic, like yeah, in the the early part of his career. And, um, a really interesting body of work that just has a, a huge range. Yeah. I mean, from weird science on one end to Infinity War mm-hmm. on the other. And a, a lot of movies. I mean, he's done... Yeah, tons. And he had his own personal problems in the in the 2000s that thankfully he worked through mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, really turned his career completely around and is a much bigger star now than he was in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, it's a it's a, a total res- renaissance for him uh, in this this second half of his career. Did you ever see Less Than Zero? No, tell me. Really, um, another movie. I don't know if it works anymore, but he's his performance is great in it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's if you haven't seen it, you should you should check it out. I'm gonna cue it up. Uh, Adrian. Barbeau. Adrian Barbeau. Our old friend. She comes back and makes another appearance. Welcome back to the show, Adrian. Welcome back, Adrian. Oh, she's, I think, our first returning actor. Randy Quaid was the first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, like two in a row almost. Not really. Two um, episodes apart. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So second returning actor. Yeah. And she's just got a real quick role uh, in this as Rodney's... Or yeah, Rodney's Rodney, wife in Rodney's, the beginning of the movie. Yeah, his second wife that he married late in life. And yeah, she is a gold digger and a just a she's a, an adulteress. Mm-hmm. And in a, a really weird <laughs> discovery of that. Yeah, like at the party that they're <laughs> that all of their friends are at, that he is at, and she's she's like laying on a countertop while Robert Picardo is making out with her. Yeah, <laughs> like. But, like, she's laying on the kitchen counter, <laughs> and he's, like, standing, making out with her. It's the... It's so like, weird. who came up with the choreography of this? Yeah, Ronnie's like, this is, this is what you should do. <laughs> like, this is how you do it, right? This is how you cheat. This is how you... So you <laughs> lay down up here. Yeah, lay down and, and kiss at an angle and, yeah. and be really loud about it. <laughs> Very public. Uh, but uh, well, welcome back, Adrian. Thank you, Adrian. Uh, and you mentioned Robert Picardo in a quick little role, but yeah. we've also got another Star Trek uh, TV connection. Yeah, Terry Farrell. Terry Farrell is, is uh, Keith Gordon's love, in- and I guess William Zabka's love interest in the movie. Yes, but she's from she's Deep Space Nine. Yeah, she played Jadzia Dax. 
Picardo is Voyager, That's, right? Yes, he played the Doctor. But he shows up and he's got small appearances in like several of the Star Trek. Well, yeah, once they established what his, you know, he's a hologram created by a guy that looks just like him. Mm-hmm. And then Star, Starfleet was using that hologram on other ships, so you can just use him wherever. Yeah, so he shows up in like Next Generation and he shows up uh, in the, mo- the movie. The movie. The one movie. The, uh, yes. Uh, Why am I blanking on the name of it? It's the eighth movie. It's the second Next Generation movie. So that was Generations, and then it was... Final... First Contact? First Contact. I wanted to say Final Conflict. Yeah. And then what were were the other two? Nemesis was the last one. Uh, Insurrection was the third one. Insurrection was the third one. Yeah. Good movie. And now, as we've just heard... As of this recording, it just broke, like, yesterday. Patrick Stewart. Coming back to Picard. Returning. As Captain Picard. Amazing news. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So, there's some Star Trek uh, connections in here. Yeah. Terry Farrell I, I, has, was very new to the to the business at this point. Yeah. I, I've literally only seen her in this movie and Deep Space Nine. I have no idea about her career. Yeah. Uh, that's just me, though. I'm pretty ignorant. Uh, Ned Beatty. Yes. And but, he's really only in the beginning of the movie, right? Do, do we see him again at the end? He Well, he had to see him again, he, but... Toward the when he has to discipline uh, Thornton for the, the the accusation that came from um, from Philip Barbet, mm-hmm. Professor Barbet, mm-hmm. and Bailey's like, "Hey, did you did you did you do all your work?" And he said, "Yes, <laughs> but I'm satisfied." That's <laughs> I'm sure you're satisfied. So yeah, he had to he had to negotiate that. Yeah. So but yeah, I mean, he's not a big presence in the movie. And what was his character's name? Dean Martin, of course. <laughs> A little shout out to uh, yeah. the real Dean Martin. <laughs> just, I just love how Rodney says stuff sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so in the beginning of the movie, or not the be- well, not the very beginning, but when he first goes to school and he gets kicked out, there's a, a, a police officer shows up and he gets yeah because he he wanders into a sorority house right he, just because there's Greek letters yeah that, that's a frat house so yeah they, gratuitous uh, breast shot yeah. Typical perfect. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because it's... Well, it's not funny. It's just awesome. Like, that's the idea. <laughs> that was that was the mentality then. It's awesome, but we're going to couch it in a gag. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Here's some boobs. Here's boobs. We like looking at boobs, and we're, we're the men in charge. So, yeah. so show us your boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Something else that doesn't hold up in the year 2018, or at least not in that way. You don't really see the gratuitous boob shot. No, you definitely you see, don't anymore. You do see still a lot of skin, though. Yeah. Where you don't necessarily need to. Right, right. You, you get a little more tantalizing, titillating things without being... Just no gratuitous. Nip, no like nip that. shots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that police officer mm-hmm. is the same guy. He's in Something About Mary. He's the... I think he's the fire department guy who shows up when Ben Stiller has the zipper problem oh. and he's the one who like unzips it. Oh. <laughs> so it's like, you're just uh, you're just like a police EMT type. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a civil servant. Yes. <laughs> Very good at that role. Yeah. He's great. Uh, and then I want to sidetrack here as if we haven't sidetracked enough on this show. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Sam Kinison. Yeah. So Sam Kinison is uh, one of the, Teachers and at the university, mm-hmm. and kind of another, he was mentored uh, by Rodney. Another big comedy, uh, comedy icon, strictly of the eighties. Yeah, 
uh, he passed away in, in 1992, which I'll get to, but uh, a big name of the 80s. And this was right sort of in the prime of that, that yeah. he's, his star is really on the rise as a comedian. He's all over the place. He's in music videos. He's in like Motley Crue music videos. And, and he's got a very distinct voice, a very distinct comedy gag with the mm-hmm. intense yelling and screaming like he does in the movie yeah. here. Uh, but it's really intense. And, and again, like Rodney, very different from the other comedians out there. Yeah, yeah. It was a real character that he created. Absolutely. And he had a background as a, a preacher's son. And he was in... Uh, he was actually attempted yeah. to be a preacher. I was going to say, he was like getting into it, right? Yeah, <laughs> he was raised that way and, and was... Yeah. Uh, try, but he was really unsuccessful. It was just... He didn't like it. It wasn't working. He wasn't, people weren't following him. Yeah. And then he, he used all of that to just morph into a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that religious uh, material became motivation for some of his act. Got it. And he, uh, his big break came as, on one of Rodney's specials in the, in the early 80s. Oh, that, okay. That was his breaking out point. Nice. So, so yeah. he owes a lot, actually, to Rodney. That's how he got this role. Bob Saget was originally going to be cast as that teacher. Oh, okay. An- another great stand-up at the time. Yeah. You know, another budding stand-up. Right prior to Full House. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, And would have been a different character, for sure. Yeah. But no, the, the yeah, to, to be the, the Sam Kinison-like character teaching American modern history or American history. Yeah. Me, like just, and screaming at everybody. I mean, it's just what a, what a bit, what a, a Vietnam what a, vet, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. Or yeah. yeah, Vietnam, Vietnam vet. vet. Yeah. Clearly like PTSD there. <laughs> yeah, but, just screaming. Um, but his, his bit was like, was very misogynistic. Yeah. His primal screams and howls and yelling. Uh, that was what, that was what Sam Kinison did. And yeah. I remember him mostly from because I listened to Howard Stern as a kid. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe not the best idea, uh-huh. but, <laughs> uh, but definitely in the '80s, the late '80s into the early '90s, I was listening to to Stern a lot. And Kinison was on Stern all the time. They were really good friends. Yeah. Uh, they ended up having a falling out over. I mean, Kinison would would be on the show with a couple of other people. Like I remember him running Judy Tenuta like off the show, like out of the studio. <laughs> He really? was just like harassing them oh. to the point where like it wasn't a bit anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. And they would just get out of there. So, wow. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, but he had a falling out with Stern, and then got a little more involved in the the I think the music video and rock world. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I remember he was definitely a presence on like MTV and, and mm-hmm. in those videos. And oh yeah, he was all he over just, MTV. Yeah, I mean, kids loved him. Everybody. Those are the great days of MTV. Yeah, when they played music videos. Which now that joke is getting so <laughs> referencing the joke as a bad joke is now getting old. Yeah. Like so, I don't even know what you, you do. need. You need a new MTV bit. I don't know. Oh God, I'm working on all my bits. Uh, but then he he uh, sadly in 1992 was involved in a he was hit by a drunk driver mm. in Needles, California. Mm. If you've ever been there, that is a damn hot place. Needles. It's yeah, like right near Death Valley, and oh, it's wow. it's uh, not a comfortable if you're. Driving across country and you stop there, just just don't. don't it's hot. Don't get out of it's the car. It's real hot. Keep the air on. But he got hit by a drunk driver, and it was uh, mm. tragic. He was with, I think his brother was with him and somebody else, and 
it didn't seem like he was hurt because there wasn't like blood everywhere mm-hmm. and he was laying down but he had massive like internal Ugh. his neck was like was broken and his heart was like he severed an artery in his, in his heart and yeah. uh, he he only lived for like a couple of minutes and yeah. was talking like the whole time and no way. and uh, his brother had said he was like it, it, he was talking to somebody like he was saying I don't want to die I don't want to die and then someone was it was as if someone was convincing him to just let go Oh, and okay. it, you, he could only hear like Sam's side of that conversation, yeah. and then he just then he died. Oh my gosh! But it's a very sad ending, and sorry to bring bring it down here on the show. But uh, yeah, gee. Uh, as far as Sam's comedy goes, mm-hmm. it's another another kind of like Rodney to me that you don't nobody really talks about them much anymore. I don't know if their mm-hmm. comedy holds up in this day and age yeah probably not 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 in the pop culture i mean people know who he was and all of that but it's people i don't know do you like do they i think people i I think people know of rodney yeah i don't think i don't think if you talk to kids coming out of college today that they would even know who sam kinison yeah unless there's you know unless they're just in the stand-up comedy sure they're yeah i guess you're right like they're not talking about yeah there's no uh reference to him anymore yeah rodney i mean because because of more because of the movies he was in and i want to say mostly caddyshack mm-hmm. that's i think where people will really know him from yeah caddyshack is still being generate across across all generations mm-hmm. at this point so yeah people still have an awareness of who that guy is yeah golfing uh, we've got a great soundtrack here. Mm-hmm. Really good. I mean, better than I remembered. Yeah. Boingo Boingo mm-hmm. all over the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that fun. Yeah. They, and the Dead Man's Party was. Yeah. I think was that like the de- kind of the de- debut of that song. Uh, I don't or had know. Been the, around. I assume that was probably. But this a really showcased this showcased it. Yeah. I don't. Sure. I don't know when that 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 single was released. Yeah. I can't say. I don't. I don't. It could be directly from this movie, but I don't know. I couldn't say. Danny Elfman, just his fingerprints are just We're everywhere. Ha- we've got Danny Elfman now twice on the show. He did Young Guns. Did he do? No, he didn't do Young Guns. Not da- Young Guns. Midnight Run, excuse me. Yeah, Midnight Run. and, and then Did he do the other movies we've covered? I don't think so. No, I don't think we've had any other ones with him yet. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get there. We'll get to Weird Science. And yeah. Obviously, I mean, tons of scores that he did yeah, on his own. Absolutely. We'll definitely hit a lot of those movies. But. Welcome back to the show, Danny. Yeah. Thank you. Another one. So we've got Randy Quaid, Adrian Barbeau, Barbeau. Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. Amazing. But Midnight Run was just Danny. It wasn't Oingo Boingo. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah I mean, because he did the score. So the rest of Oingo Boingo, get out. Get out. still a one-time appearance. <laughs> right. We have that's, a special room. Just Danny. At Recon Cinema Studios, we have a special room for mm-hmm. returning guests. Yeah. And there's three people in it right now. That, yeah. There's and a, a lot of waiters and interns. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. We, the, yes. The, na- the nameless. I don't even talk to our in- interns directly. I talk anymore. to some of them. Uh, I don't. I don't look them in the eye, and I send. I just send general emails to to intern intern group at reconsideration dot com. Yeah, that's uh, a popular group. <laughs> yeah, it's a listserv. So uh, we're. I know. I I brought it up. Go ahead. Does this comedy work today? 
mostly kind of yeah <laughs> mostly I, kinda. I, I mean obviously I'm i said it mostly kind of because it's not all what's your case for it because i don't i don't think it does i just the crudeness of it just doesn't work for today's audience to, in my mind i mean some of the jokes are bad they're not they don't work they're crude like you know Oh, you like poetry? You want to straighten up my Longfellow? Like, yeah, okay, that's that's not the one-liners that he fires out, and he does it in Caddyshack too. Yeah, it just is like, oh, that's. I don't know. I think some of the. I think some of the. They're just kind of fun. Sometimes the jokes just funny, you know. Uh, well, you know, I can. You know, if I can't quote them, then I'm not really making a good case for the, it. But the. I mean, the movie. The tone of the movie is fun, mm-hmm. and I think that that still works. That's still you. You get that. Mm-hmm. It's lighthearted in general. Yeah. Uh, but when you get to, I don't know, it's just, it's not like, I don't laugh at a lot of that anymore. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I get that. It, it really has to, it has to hit you a certain way. And, you know, yeah, this a modern audience today, they're, I don't know, this stuff isn't that funny. I mean, I comparing guess. it to Vacation, which mm-hmm. again, you can dig out in the archives, like Chevy, the like everything Chevy does in the, in Vacation and Christmas Vacation are like still work. I can watch it over and over, and I think those jokes. I know that's a little more physical comedy, so yeah. that's one thing. But it's a little more broad, and and it's just and, and yeah, they're not like set up in punchline, which mm-hmm. is that's Rodney's you know bread and butter, just sort of a get right to a you know a, just a quick joke. But so, I mean, sometimes it's sometimes because it, it's something in his delivery. I yeah. mean, I think if if you ever liked him. If you ever like Rodney, at least some of this stuff you're going to enjoy. I, I think that's what it what it is. Is yeah. do you like Rodney Dangerfield? If you yeah. do, you're going to like this movie. Yeah. Uh, if you if his comedy doesn't work for you anymore, which I think a lot of modern females are not going to find mm-hmm. him funny. Yeah. Uh, then it it won't. Yeah, it's it's of his generation for sure. Uh, a Great Depression era kid. Yeah. You know, blue collar kid. With that self-deprecating, sort of slightly misogynistic, or I don't even know. I don't know if it's misogynistic either. I don't know. I think it is. Yeah. Mm. I don't. I think it might be. I yeah. I think I, you might be right. Well, I'm always right. I don't think he's that. I don't think. Pro, I don't think Rodney's as problematic as. No, he's not. He's as, not problematic. He, no, he's not as offensive as as some other people would be now yeah but it just it just doesn't work Mm -hmm. it wouldn't i mean it doesn't like ang. i don't think it would really anger people you know right yeah it would just just like uh yeah i don't know yeah i don't i don't take to this you know when he talks how his wife his wife vanessa she gives good headache you know like yeah it's just like he's cutting down a woman he's just it's it's a sexual joke and it's 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 a quick and i don't think that was like a huge gag line you know like a really funny joke but there's these throwaway bits that you know they they don't work it i mean this movie is really for guys and what stood out to me this time like this movie is really white yeah there's white people all (laughs) over most of the movies we're gonna cover in our 70s 80s and 90s retrospective it's gonna be pretty damn white just so yeah i mean not all of them i'm not i mean i i'm not that's just the facts of the case. Yeah. Hollywood is was very white. Yeah. Um, yes. Co- the comedy was. We're white. finally getting out of that, thankfully. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's nice because all this shit's tired, and I think that that's the point. You know, this 
we don't need perspective of a white people's uh, problems are just enough we got it we're we've caused white people not we've but white people have caused a lot of problems for everyone else and now those voices get to be heard yeah it used to be a classist thing of just blue collar versus white collar mm-hmm. among white people yeah that was like the main conflict of pop culture right. for the most part right and luckily we we don't need that anymore and it's it's tired and the country's changing yeah and that's why something like rodney like it's great for what it is if you were a student of comedy you would want to explore this to Mm -hmm. know where things were at the time um yeah so it's an interesting look yeah back it's a movie that worked for 86 Mm -hmm. and wouldn't be made or not like this (laughs) yeah you know, I mean, you still have vehicles, obviously vehicles made for comedians, like mm-hmm. to bring back Amy Schumer, like their, you know, yeah. train wreck and, and a couple of other movies are yeah. just based, you know, built for her kind of comedy. Yeah. You still have that. But, mm-hmm. uh, this one, I don't think Rodney would have, I don't know. I don't think he would have, his comedy would work today. Probably not. No. no, I don't think so. I mean, he, in in the the movies he was doing in the late '90s, as he's approaching uh, eighty years old, and it's still kind of really resting on his kind of bit, you know, his kind of style. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of like watching the trailers for some of these cheesy movies that didn't really have a wide, yeah, you know, acclaim. And it's just sort of like, ooh, like you don't. Like I, I get why you tried to do this. Like Rodney was a big deal at a certain point. Are you talking about like Meet Wally Sparks? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it was that. And what about Natural Born Killers? I, I was, I don't like that movie. By the way, no, I, I can't watch <laughs> it. And it's nothing. It's not just because of Rodney. I do not care for that movie. At I all. ejected that out of my uh, mm-hmm. my massive DVD collection a long time ago. Okay. But that was. Did you ever like it? Uh, like, I was, was like, I was this more is an important film. Like I was more intrigued, you know, when I was in film school, yeah. I, I was more, uh, into it yeah. as an edgy, you know, kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Now I just find it disturbing and it's just not, it's not something I ever need or want to watch again. Yeah. And it was we- very strange to see him pop up as a sexually abusive you know, yeah. dad or stepdad or something. I think dad, to, dad to Juliet Lewis, Lewis is, and it was just yeah. creepy. And you know, I liked Rodney as a kid, and that, that was not a version of him I wanted to see. No, I mean, it, there's a difference between like sort of Robin Williams taking a dramatic turn. I mean, I mean, and that goes back to Dead Poet Society and before, mm-hmm. but like, you know, when he was doing one hour, like Robin did one hour photo and that was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's taken like, he's like a creep in this villainous turn and, and he was doing other movies, right? Wasn't he in? Uh, yeah. I mean, he was all, yeah. Just all sorts of different roles. There's a difference between like the zany Robin going into that kind of acting mm-hmm. sphere and then Rodney being Rodney and then. He's a he's a child molester rapist. Well, like, I mean, on, honestly, Robin Williams was a much greater actor. Than, yeah, than oh, Rodney. yeah. Rodney's not an actor. Yeah, he's just he so, he does his thing. I don't even know how he got in, involved with with Oliver Stone and, and Natural Born Killers, but I'm sure Oliver Stone wanted to go for. I mean, the shock of all yeah. of the shit. Like who. Who better? Who better can you get? Not who not. Well, you could get better for. In terms but you of, you put a friendly terms, face in that role and it makes it more disturbing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We all trust Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. He as much as the way he talks and the way he speaks about women, sex, and all of that, <laughs> to him and 
to like play a uh, uh, a child rapist or whatever he was. Yeah. It's like f- f- entirely fucked up. Not, yeah. Not like, and I th- yeah I think by that I never finished that movie either when I watched it for the first. I didn't. Natural I didn't, killers. Didn't finish it. Yeah. And. Also starring Robert Downey Jr. So I was going to say school reunion. Yeah, I was going to say Robert Downey Jr. is also in it. So, you know uh, why I watched that? Okay, college. I, well, no, I loved <laughs> Tom Sizemore as oh, when I was younger. Yeah. I, I thought he was like I thought Tom Sizemore, Michael Madsen, Michael Bean. They're all the same Chris guy. Penn, they're all <laughs> they were like those are all the same guy. No, definitely <laughs> Michael not. Michael Madsen. We just wished a happy birthday a little while ago to Michael Bean. Yeah. Anyway. But I loved those guys. They were like my, yeah. I thought they were the coolest. Uh, so cool. So I watched a lot of stuff that those guys were in. Yeah. Some of, a lot of which was like not that great. Mm-hmm. But that was, I think, the reason I actually tracked down Natural Born Killers. I think I wanted to see it because Woody Harrelson was in it. You're Woody guy. I love Cheers. Yeah. I love Woody. White Men Can't Jump? Are you kidding? I love that shit. <laughs> that movie's awesome. Money Train? You're there. Uh, yes, sir. Who is, uh, who is his that buddy? Beret? Doesn't he wear like a backwards beret and he's got longer hair? <laughs> I think so. Who was his buddy in that movie? Wesley Snipes. Oh, in Money Train? Wasn't it? No, Wesley Snipes is... Uh... He was White Man Can't Jump. Oh, now I forgot. Who... Is, is it Wesley Snipes in Money Train too? I don't I don't know. No. It was, there was a, it was a buddy cop movie. Was it Wesley Snipes? Look it up. Was it? I can't believe we're doing this. Look, look it up, Money this Train. This is the first time we're doing this. We're going to live yeah, look li- up <laughs> Money... Train. Jennifer Lopez was the girl in Money Train. Yeah, remember that? It was Wesley. Snipes. I was right. Wesley Holy Snipes. Shit. So, so it's a, they they teamed up twice. Yeah, they they've got to be pals. Well, Woody shows up in Blade also. <gasps> no, he doesn't. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Sounds, <laughs> That's like, a lie. I was like, really? <laughs> that is a lie. In turn, uh, Greg is just running right. He just handed me a note. What is this, Greg? What is this? You can't, Greg. You can't. Oh. Oh well, you can interrupt the show for this. We oh, we've got. A, sorry to do this, guys, but we have a a very the most special guest we could ever have on this show. What? He's call he's calling in right now. He's oh, he's on vacation in Bermuda. Oh, okay, let's. Oh my God! What is it? Is it who I think he, it is? It is, do ladies it. and gentlemen. Kurt Russell's on the line right now. Oh my now. God! Well, quick, we we gotta run to the corner. Let's let's, let's get let's to get the corner. Let's, Come on, all right. Okay. Okay. Oh oh my God! Do you have the paper? Do, do you have the papers? Yeah, yeah. I've, all right. Hang on. Uh, we've been waiting for this moment, and in here case, it is. In it's case you here. ever called in, Kurt, thank you. Oh gosh, hang on. Um, How's my hair? You look great. You look great. Okay. Uh, uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You do understand that our time is limited, don't you? Uh, we're, we're talking about Back to School from 1986. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the film? It's a different world, a brutally honest world, and a simple, wonderful world within which I think the microcosm of it's a microcosm of life. I mean, well, okay. yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree yeah, with that. Yeah, I mean, those, <laughs> certainly. Uh, Ronnie Dangerfield. Yeah, Ronnie. Big, big name from the 80s. Yeah. What do you do? You, how 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 do you remember him? What do you think about Rodney? You know, it's funny. I've heard a lot about him, and his people talk about his mercurial way or whatever. I, I don't know. I I've, I love the guy. I you know what? I I've got a question. Now you, you just talk about Rodney, but what do you think about his character, Thornton Mellon, in Black to School? Like, what do you think of him? A very serious question. He's he's a god. 
He's created his own existence. He created his own planet, how he gets about, what he looks like. You know, when he went to Earth, he <clears throat> made the very weird choice of wanting to look like this, <laughs> you know? Now, uh, another name that we talked about is uh, Robert Downey Jr., who uh, shows up in this yeah. film, and he's become a, a, such a major star in his later, later career. Do you have any reflection on, on uh, Mr. Downey? It's a shame to watch somebody um, who has some talent just uh, piss it away because he's just a, such an enormous ass. And there's nothing, there's nothing I could ever say to him. I could never get through to him. Um, he's on his own little thing, and it's, he's going to find out that it's going to end. This ride's going to end, and it's a shame. Wow. Wow, you have a lot to say about him. Wow, okay, yeah. Oof, but Not in... Not an answer I thought would uh, would come. But, Didn't expect uh, that, but boy, we're getting some hot exclusive goss right here. I don't have any more questions. Yeah, for this well, guy. I, I, I mean, mean, I have so many questions. I mean, but we, I've got a million. But we'd love to have you back on the show anytime you can squeeze us in. You've called the nine hundred number. Uh, oh my appreciate god! Appreciate that. Yeah, thank which you. Is ninety nine cents the first minute, a dollar ninety nine uh, each additional minute. Yeah, it's crazy. We don't want to take up any more of your time. We know you're with the family uh, on your island. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you again for calling in. I feel much better now. I really do. Oh, my God. Great and great to have you. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's what I call marine biology. <laughs> so how did this movie do overall? Uh, how was it received? It was freaking big movie yeah it made a lot of money what? <laughs> this is a mega hit huge and it only had an 11 million dollar budget so it was really not an expensive movie to me it was cheap <laughs> they uh do you like, i like i like do you it. like i keep trying to keep trying to do an impression you, you do a, a good one so <laughs> my impressions are of rodney are it just basically coming down to just a few syllables and maybe not even complete words hey so it's like, that works you know hey hey <laughs> You know, hmm, oh boy, <laughs> terrible. Uh, they shot this movie in October of '85, uh, mostly in LA, but they did use the uh, the outdoor scenes. Were at the University of Wisconsin, yeah, Madison, all the way. To, you know, it's always interesting how movies pick their locations, mm -hmm. as if there like wasn't a, a this kind of exterior look anywhere in California. Like, I don't think there why is. Why do you go all the way to Wisconsin? Because it's. It's fine. it's nice there. Yeah, sure. It's the Midwest. Yeah, more or less. It's the Midwest. Yeah, it is the Midwest. And it's got you know it's got lakes. I don't think there's lakes in California. Mm, zero. Zero there's lakes. None. There's no. It's a dry town. Dry, uh, dry, dry <laughs> state. Dry. dry state. It uh, it comes out June thirteenth, nineteen eighty six, yeah. on about sixteen hundred screens. So that's a pretty big. Yeah. Release. I think that's more than some of the other movies we've been covering. Yeah. I feel like like eleven hundred to thirteen hundred was kind of like an average, and this was on sixteen hundred. Yeah. So they were huge. really, really pushing it. This is Orion, by the way. Orion Pictures. Orion Pictures, a legendary company. Lots of great, great movies in the eighties and very early nineties. They were putting out. They were attached to so many movies every year. Seeing Gentle. that. Yeah. Like oh my god. Until they. Uh, Fold. Made a few mistakes and. Did they have to get bought out? Too they were they went bankrupt. They went bankrupt. Yeah, oh, boy. but that logo, that like starry sky with the O, and yeah. oh, that's like such a like today when I see that, 
yeah. logo. I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, that that's like on the beginning of so many VHS tapes yeah. like, that you're going to watch, you know? Like, it's like a trustworthy brand. Yeah, it's, it's like Coca-Cola. Yeah. And McDonald's. The Golden Arches. Oh, McDonald's. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, but where did it hit? How, how, how well did it do? Um, you got the numbers? I've got numbers. Do you want to know where? It, do you know its final tally for the year? How where, much money it made? Um, 85. A little higher? 89. $91 million and Ooh, change. 91. Uh, top. Uh, that's domestic. Domestic. Yes, yeah, that's its run. What do you think? Uh, where do you think it landed for the year? Did you wait? Did we say that? Placement uh, for the year in '86. Yeah, I would say top ten. Definitely top ten. You're right. Yeah, uh, I would say seven or eight. Six. 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 Wow, six. So 1986. What was the top movie that year? Top Gun. Top Gun for sure. Do you know what came after? Star Trek Four. Mm, that's a little low. Oh really? Right after Top Gun. Top Gun made 176 Fer- million. Ferris Bueller. No. No. Guess what made 174 million? What? Crocodile Dundee. Oh. The first one. <laughs> we talked about Crocodile Dundee 2 <laughs> the last, last episode. Yeah. Uh, and then right after Crocodile Dundee, we got a big war movie. Platoon. Right. Yeah. And then Karate Kid Part 2. Starring the machine. The sheen, baby. Uh, and then you had your Star Trek 4. Star Trek 4 is number 5. Yeah. And then Back to School. And then what four movies did it did Back to School beat in the top 10? Wait, did I? Let's run that down again. Did I see all of those in the theater? Top Gun. I didn't see Top Gun in the theater. Crocodile Dundee. Yes. Platoon. No. Karate Kid 2. Yes. Star Trek 4. Yes. Back to School. No. So half. Okay, so half. <laughs> now, what four movies came after in the top 10? Back to School. Was Ferris Bueller 86 or 87? It is 86. All right, Ferris Bueller's got to be. It's in the top 10. It's 10th. Yeah. 10th. 10th. Okay. Yeah. Three movies in between. Uh, Untouchables, 87. Um, yep. Shoot. Shoot it out. Uh, a sequel um, in space. Sequel. Sequel in space. In space. One of my Aliens. Favorite, my favorite Paul Reiser yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of all the Paul Reiser movies, that one's your so favorite. So Back to School did better than Aliens. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Crazy to think that. Um, another SNL alum had a great hit, a great comedy this year. Dr. Detroit. No. <laughs> Golden Child. Golden Child, yeah. And then finally, is it Bette Midler and Dan Aykroyd? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Who's in Ruthless People? Danny DeVito. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like Bette Midler and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> it yeah. is Bette Midler, though, right? Yeah, it was uh, Bette okay, Midler. Yeah. Right. And Judge Reinhold, I think. I hope so. Yeah. He should be. The uh, Judge. That's the top 10 for 86. How yeah, about that? There we go. A lot of great other movies that year. Go Cobra, uh, Police Academy 3, Poltergeist 2. Oh, I can't wait to cover Cobra. The Three Amigos, R- mm-hmm. Running Scared, The Money Pit, Yeah. Hannah and Her Sisters. God, movies. Hoosiers. Movies. Hoosiers is garbage. It only made $28 million. I mean, Hoosiers Don't you great. insult I that love movie. Hoosiers. I think that ended, that, that opened on like only a limited But look at screens. that list of movies. That I was mean, like an independent every feature. year you had like a ton of great movies. Yeah. The Delta Force. Oh, yeah. Howard the Duck. I own the Duck. What a bomb. Jeez, $16 million for Howard well, the Duck. Well, Howard the Duck was a huge wow. failure. Wow, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a big movie. But he's, great, ILM, in, he's uh, great in Guardians of the Galaxy. Howard the Duck, yeah. Uh, FX. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah. Club Paradise? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Critters. Also, one of my yeah. favorites, One Crazy Summer. 
Yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting when we cover that one. Love that. Yeah. You've never seen it. I, ha- I have. Care yes. Bears 2. Saw that in the theater. Manhunter. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> These. What a great year for movies. That's one of my all-time favorites, Manhunter. Also, an Emilio Estevez big movie. Maximum Overdrive? No, yeah. that was before. Maximum Overdrive? Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. That July. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Nine and a Half Weeks. And also, I guess, a re-release of Transformers the movie. No, that was the release of it. It was 86? 86. Oh, I thought it was 84. Yeah. No, that was the show was 84, but the oh, movie right. was 86. Got it. Uh, we'll, the, we'll cover that. That's 86, year in review. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of movies. <laughs> Thanks, Rodney. Hey. <laughs> Siskel and Ebert loved the movie. I mean, this got all, like, generally positive reviews. I mean, no one was taking it super seriously, but... Yeah. But uh, they they liked Rodney. They thought he brought pathos to it. Sure. Um, he did all right. He yeah. was all right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I could, honest to God, I could just sit in a room and record myself for an hour saying maybe the same three phrases yeah. as Rodney I and crack myself up. Yeah. Love it. My, my very good friend Joe and I would basically, this is how we would talk to each other. We might come up with a concept and then we just apply a, wa- a wacky voice to it. And then we could just sort of say that thing back and forth to each other mm-hmm. and crack each other up for hours. And meanwhile, my, my other friend, Sarah, his wife, would just have to tolerate us talking like that. So, you know, <laughs> I think you should do this. I, th- I, I mean, <laughs> that should be a podcast. Yeah. Just me, be, us just being really cracking ourselves up. Yeah. Like, oh, what if Rodney was ordering like <laughs> he was in like McDonald's and <laughs> ordering a shamrock shake. <laughs> and then we would probably just do that bit for like. For an hour, yeah, and it, it cracked. I lo- <laughs> do it here. I think I think Rodney should be a part of the show. Oh, my wife bought my wife a shamrock shake. Hey, we're gonna bring him. But talk about people in 2018 don't remember Rodney. Yeah, maybe this show will uh, bring it back. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, uh, Rodney is a, a guy to talk about. If you like comedy, he's at least worth a look. You may not think it's it, it works for you today, mm-hmm. but see what was funny then without really being too offensive. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of the, the reason this these com these comedians fall out of phase out of phase out of favor, you know, they move because of the time and the change in sensibilities. But it's not like everything he was doing is just like so grotesque or offensive. Yeah, because some of these guys do. Andrew Dice Clay's routine doesn't really work at all. No, <laughs> like and is not. Although funny. somehow he did try a little comeback a few years ago. Yeah, he tried to dice it up again. But I mean, for and and then you have temporary success. Only for nostalgia's sake. Yeah. But then you don't, you can't build off that. You can't sustain that, or yeah, or yeah build it, find a new audience right. with with, with the same material, same like, material and yeah. today's sensibilities. So, so I think that's. I mean, I think we've we've said it. Whether this movie has a legacy or not, mm-hmm. I think, and this goes for whether or not you should rewatch it. I would say, if you're a Rodney fan, yes. If you're not a Rodney fan, yeah, probably not. Yeah, if if you don't if you know you don't like Rodney Dangerfield, yeah, don't don't see this. Yeah, don't. Yeah, if no. you don't know anything about Rodney, this this can actually this and Caddyshack will give you a taste of why he was popular. Then mm-hmm. I think they're I think they're both worth a look because uh, I I still think a lot of some of the comedy hits. This isn't like a this isn't something that you know splits your sides. It's not a side splitter. No. Like laugh fest. No, not anymore. Um, no. but uh, there's things you can. It's 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 easily digestible. You know, I think there will be an audience uh, for people our age who will like it for nostalgia's sake. Sure. But 
you know, if you're looking for for real laughs, you're not gonna find it here. No, rent a rent a train wreck or I feel pretty. Watch Amy Schumer. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen I feel pretty. I have to support. I feel like I have to go see that. Yeah, I might rent that later. My wife saw it and really and liked it. So. Why didn't you see it? You don't, was, well, you don't like women. I was out of town. You don't on a, like on a business trip. Your business trip. <laughs> oh, you I was working with my business machine on a business trip. <laughs> That's why you couldn't see the a... female-driven comedy. <laughs> you were wearing a tie and carrying a briefcase. Yes, going on a business. And inside trip. that was a business machine. <laughs> um, so I, I think that kind of wraps up yeah. our show this week. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> It's great a, to have you back, Rodney. Get a shamrock shake. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, thank you guys. We want to thank all of our listeners again. Yeah. If you get take take thirty seconds. Please head on over to iTunes. Yes. Write us a five star review. A quick, a quick, a quick a five star rating. Yeah. A quick review. It won't take up much time. Yeah. Spread the word of the show. You know, tweet at us, uh, repost stuff from us on on Facebook and and Twitter, and yeah. that would be amazing. Give us a look. We we have fun out there. Yeah, uh, we would want you to be part of it. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, thanks again to our listeners. Yeah. And we've got we are worldwide. Canada, baby. Canada on the rise. Canada, actually, two listeners in Japan, which I can't just may it, that might just be a random server scraping podcast mm-hmm. data, but if it's a listener. We're, we it, thank, we love you. Thank you so much. Yeah. We love you. And of course, we can't forget our friends over in Finland. Yeah, our Finnish listeners uh, really keep keep they sustain us. I'm working on getting a Finnish translator. Yeah, and uh, really maximizing I that wanna, audience. I want to meet the the Finnish guy that plays me in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know how like every country, certain actors play certain actors in every movie. Yeah. I want to. I can't wait to meet the Dave Munchak of Finland. I can't wait to do that either. <laughs> and we'll have to have him on the show. <laughs> him doing my Rodney voice. <laughs> do you, how do you think? Oh, how does That's... Shamrock Shakes translate Finnish? <laughs> well, we're gonna find out. Like, it's gonna be like things I don't understand, and then you hear Shamrock Shakes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, thank you for tuning in, and thanks again also to uh, Curtis and our, our artist. Yes. Uh, uh, for everything. And E.K. Wimmer. Yep. EKWimmer.com. Uh, we appreciate you. Yeah. You you make us better uh, at all times. Yeah. <laughs> like, and always at all times. Yeah. Uh, okay. We will be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're, we've got a great lineup coming. We're going to. Very excited. We're gonna, about you might say we're going to fast forward in time to the old west. Nope. No, that's not the show. Never mind. Don't know what we're doing next. We're gonna, it's going to be exciting. That's we're all going to find did. out together. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to reload <laughs> our phone booth. <laughs> we're just going to send you in all directions. <laughs> and then we'll tell you what we're Into doing. Into space. But you, state. <laughs> you might say we're going skiing <laughs> in school. In Mars. In at Mars. No, we well, we know what the next episode is. We're not telling you. Yeah, but stay we tuned. We're, we're going to announce it soon enough, and you're going to love it. Yeah, we so can look forward to have seeing you there. We'll be back in two weeks, and take care, guys. All right, bye now. <laughs>